everyone, and welcome to Televisions, the podcast, an audio companion to the Televisions website, and a show made by Anglophiles for Anglophiles. I am Lacey Barger-Milas, and I'm the editor here at Televisions. And joining me, as per usual, is my co-host and associate editor, Miss Annie Bundle. Hello. Hello. How are you today? Fair warning for the listeners at home, Annie's like super tired and struggling, so just, you know. It's a struggle bus kind of day. Proceed with caution. Yep. If if there's extra beeps in here, that's why. <laughs> um Yeah, it could be. It could be because we are we are doing a classics revisited today, which usually gets I mean, not like heated, but like excitable. We talk about mm-hmm. older stuff because we like it and and, uh, and, it, and this one in in particular seems to be the kind of thing that might you know, call for a few swear words. There might be some squealing. I don't know. This uh, today we are today is is momentous in in several ways because we are talking about our first comedy in the classics revisited uh, lane, and it also happens to be a very formative show for me. Um, it was actually my British TV gateway drug, and it is absolutely fabulous the pet shop boys are playing in my head i would really like play them right now but i think we might get into copyright trouble yeah but. probably um but you know honestly the, the the pet shop boys rocked like my socks before way before um uh absolutely fabulous ever like came into my life i don't even so. know if they ever actually even used that song of the show or if it was just like after the show i'm not sure um but there's definitely a dance remix and i've definitely heard it at the club so i also went to like a lot of gay bars in my youth so that's that's just a lot of explaining of that um i guess i should explain what absolutely fabulous is for people who may not know i don't know how you would not know it's like truly sort of like foundational british comedy uh it is i believe the pro i believe it grew out of a sketch on the show french and saunders yes which was jennifer saunders and don french's sort of like variety kind of hour thing that they did yeah you know this was in in the late 80s these sorts of things you know mad tv and saturday night live were still really you know um really big and variety shows in the uk were also pretty big i mean you know we, we there there's things like a, a you know i'm thinking of the the james corden stuff that uh that he used to do before he became a person who did late night or you know, like th- this was sort of this was definitely a thing of the of 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 the eighties and nineties, um, and French and Saunders basically had a sketch called Modern Mother Daughter, and in it, um, one of them was uh, uh basically one of them was uh the 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 daughter who was basically a teenager but the adult in the family, while the mother was you know basically a teenager desperately trying to stay young. Which is, if you've seen Absolutely Fabulous, the entire premise of the show. Well, you know, it's funny because (laughs) actually um, most people, when you mention Absolutely Fabulous, who have seen it, think of Patsy and Adina as the sort of comedy duo. And that Patsy and the relation who is played by Saunders, or no, sorry, Adina, who is played by Saunders and her her daughter, Safi, which is the actual like... uh, inspiration for the show are sort of a little bit secondary um because you know the thing is is uh so adina is uh paid by jennifer saunders and uh uh 
Patsy is played by Joanna Lumley, and the two and of them. Safi bas- is Julia. Safi is Julia Swallow. Yeah, and and and, and 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 the thing is, is that Saunders and Lumley really take all the focus, and that's partly because you know, being the straight, being the straight man in in this kind of comedy like threesome is a little bit of you know a, a, a thankless job, but it does sort of make Safi sort of the third wheel all the time, who's trying to sort of drive the bus of these two women who literally will not grow up, even though they are twice her age i would love to know because everybody as i as i said this was like a very foundational show for me as an as an anglophile i think i'm pretty sure i'm like 98 percent sure this was the first piece of british television that i ever saw and so that meant that i saw it years and years ago the show originally ran like in the 90s yes uh it it it, it first came over here in 94 and played on comedy central yeah, that feels precisely right. It was it was one of the first British shows I saw that was not on PBS or A and E or is Bravo. Precisely right because that would have been right before I went to college. So I would have seen it right before I went to college. I would have fallen in love with it right before I went to college. And then I went to college and I met my particular circle of friends. And let me tell you how into AbFab we were. So we all had by our second or third year of college, like we all had cars. And I don't know if the people listening at home are from a culture where, like, like you name the inanimate objects that you own. But, like, I, all of my cars have names. This was a thing in college, too. Yes. I, 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 did, I did not go to college with you, but people did that in college, I remember. I mean, I still, my, um, my laptop's name is Sansa. Like, my car's name is Mycroft. My, I think my iPad is Villanelle because um, I got the pink one. So it felt right. <laughs> Um, my very first, my very first, well, it was my first new car. It wasn't my first car. My first car was a 1981 Olds Cutlass Brougham, which literally is like a tank, but also a car. <laughs> but when I went to college, I, I, I got a, a Ford Escort <laughs> in, in the late nineties. Um, oh God, Ford Escorts were like the, were like the default car. <laughs> I know. And they were terrible cars. RIP to my car, which was named Eddie. After Adina Monsoon. For the record, Rob actually drove a Ford Escort when I first met him. Um, my, ca- <laughs> my car was named Eddie for Adina Monsoon. And in my immediate friend group, we had, let's see, we had a Passy, who was, I think, a Honda Civic. <laughs> we had a Bubble, who was a Volkswagen. Um, of course. Jetta. We had... Uh, Oh my gosh! We don't. We uh, let's let me. We had a Safi. I don't remember what kind of car Safi was. Safi was very like old car. We had of we had an not. Eddie. We had a Patsy. We had a Safi. We had a Bubble. We had a Marshall. We had a Jackie. Like all of my friends' cars were named after FF characters because we were extremely obsessed and like we would constantly yell like catchphrases from the show at each other. You know, like pop specs or <laughs> or or Lacroix or whatever. Um, so that's yeah. just. So basically, the idea is that uh, Adina is uh, the editor of a fashion magazine, and uh, and Patsy is kind of her. She, it works at the magazine with her. I think she might be like her boss, or or one. Is- they're both P- they're both PR people before yeah. anybody really knew what PR people were or did. So they just drink and smoke all day. Yeah, um, it's really interesting to me. I would I would honestly love to know how the show reads to a person who's never seen it before who watches it for the first time in 2022 because there is a lot of the show that does not as much as a lot of the show is extremely classic and timeless and honestly just hilarious i the episode morocco i cannot i cannot tell you how hilarious it is but some of it is really like it didn't age super well 
No. Um, and actually, that's something that I wanted to kind of talk about is um, the first season um, before the show got big, the first six episodes, which are which don't have a lot of guest stars, like they don't have a lot of big names in it. It's really just Saunders and Lum- and Lumley with a uh, saffron and bubble and June Whitfield as mother. Uh, that would be Adina's mother. Um, and basically, it eats. Those six episodes are really and truly classic. And they really, those are the ones that hold up the best of the group. Now, I'm going to say that with the whole, you know, caveat that like literally the second episode is called Fat. And it's all about how Adina is desperate to lose weight because a thin model from the 1960s who used to tease her all the time is coming to visit. And so and there's like, a Patsy's, whole Patsy's like, friend with Twiggy and all kinds of things. I mean, and there's another one in the second in the second series, which is really like part of the first set that came over. That's like called Death, and it's about I think Eddie's dad dies, and she literally like falls into his grave, and it's. It's very uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, there, there, there's an there, there, the ISO tank one. I remember um, being uh, uh, very that that one really stuck with me. Um, Adina's fortieth birthday. I actually went around on my fortieth birthday, like reciting sections from that episode because it was so. It really totally like hit me so hard. Um, it's but, honestly they're so great. And spe- what another thing that's very it's uncomfortable now. But was really subversive then is how like watching it now, it does feel a little bit, especially because of the show, I cannot express to you like the whole the chokehold the show had on the gay community in the 90s. Mm. Like, like truly like I every drag queen had like a patsy wig is all I'm saying. Like the chokehold the show had on gay culture back then is is not small. But it also like, like it also makes a lot of jokes that right now in the year twenty twenty two we would not be super comfortable with about gay people. It's true, um, you know. So in, in some ways, it is. It's still extremely funny, but it's very much a product of its time. Yeah. And the other weird thing is that it has like five separate times because it ended in it ended the first what I consider original classic Ab Fab is the first two seasons. And that ended in like, it's actually, it's actually three seasons. We got it as two seasons, but it was technically oh, three. Okay. See, this is what I, this is what I know. Like I watched it on, I watched it on TV in 1994. My probably hidden from my mother, but like, <laughs> that's the set that ended with the last shout, right? Where they go. Yes, to New York. that's correct. And that's, that's what I consider like real OG Ab Fab. Yeah. Of if if I were to sit my thirteen year old nieces down today and tell them to try this show, I would only give them season one. Um, partly because it really it, it it has a pathos to it as well in those first six episodes of how dependent Patsy is on Adina. Um, there's that whole like you know Adina gets a boyfriend and Patsy completely loses it. Um, and 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 Saffron tries to tries to like you know team up with Patsy to get her mother to behave and Patsy basically keeps betraying her like there's a whole there's a whole really like very dysfunctional family sense to these people in that first episode of 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 that of the five of the five of them you know because Bubble is also a family member yeah, there's an undercurrent where Patsy and Safi hate each other and love each other and can't live without each other. And of uh, those are also the ones that don't even even though they have things that are sort of problematic, they don't have some of the stuff like episode two has that episode where they try to sell Safi 
into oh they try to sell Safi into white slavery uh-huh. that episode is truly like one of my all-time favorites it is hysterically funny but also there's white slavery i mean there are there there's a whole there are entire burka jokes um there is a whole thing where um where patsy it's suggested that Patty is actually trans. Um, that and this is a running joke. I believe it starts in season three, though. That I I think it's season three. Um, and there's a whole, th- th- you know, these are things that don't quite work anymore. Like there's still stuff that's funny, like uh, Patsy burning down the kitchen because she with a cigarette, but will never not be funny. Her yelling about asthmatic cab drivers and lighting eight cigarettes at a time. We also all smoked in college, so Patsy was like basically our idol. She just like lived on cigarettes and a bottle of vodka. It was just truly living the dream. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and there's there's the one there's the one where they go to the grocery store and she buys all of the vodka. And I have I mean that that scene is one of those ones that simply just absolutely imprinted on my brain because there were just times when I think to myself, you know, when I when, when I get to be in my sixties, I'm gonna be a patsy. Um, but at the same time, like, so those, those first three, those first three seasons were sort of the big breakout and like, and, season, and then it went off the air for like a decade. Um, not a decade. It was Almost. off the air from like, it was off the air from like 96 and then it came back in 2001 and it came and, and this was actually kind of problematic because it came back right before the, uh, 9-11. <laughs> And like there was literally an episode with Taliban jokes that aired four days after 9-11, which sort of tells you how, it, it, you know, it was it, it was very much a show that suddenly was no longer of its time. And there were a couple of years after that where it went away and then it came back again, I think like 2004, 2005, and there was another season and then it went away again. And, and then, then it there- came back for like a couple of specials for like, I, th- I want to say, I think the show like turned 20 or something. Yeah. And- it, like around 2012. Yeah. 2012, because the first, the first season aired in the UK in 1992. Um, so basically it, 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 I, the, tw- the, the anniversary was 2012 and it did like a, a set of three specials. And then in 2016, they did a movie. Um, which honestly, which I don't, which I, which I, I barely remember, and I don't think was very good. Um, honestly, the only good part about it was Joanna Lumley. <laughs> um, it, but it was it the movie. Well, Joanna came out, Lumley is always good. The movie came out right as Brexit was happening, and honestly, like it was one of those things where it was like a a, a blast from the past in this horrible moment of our lives like basically going into the second half of the 2010s and all the terribleness of the next five years and so it was sort of like it was like one last hurrah from them um since then saunders has said she's not doing anymore i'm um um whitfield uh who played yeah, her but mother joanna lumley never shuts off about how they would do more like if they had an idea so I guess it just depends which side of it you want to believe. <laughs> Honestly, Whitfield uh, died in 2018, 2019. She died before the pandemic started. Um, she died the before times. And I feel like that sort of was the nail in the coffin. Like, I just can't I can't see it coming back without mother. Um, I mean, maybe maybe. Oh, maybe I the- absolutely could. They would definitely have like a really like terrible episode about about. About Eddie being ha- about <laughs> Eddie being happy she was dead, and then realizing that she was deeply unhappy that she was dead. 
Like I could, I could one hundred percent see that. I actually think that would be a really good episode. <laughs> um, but yeah, like this is definitely a show of its time. But at the same time, like it is very, very funny. And you, you know, the moment you get into season two, because that is when all of the 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 big guns start coming out like i'm pretty sure it's season two that has like helena bonham carter playing savvy and and richard and richard grant and and i can't remember who else i can't remember who 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 plays patsy like basically there's a whole thing where like they have a whole like separate cast playing the cast um play within a play type thing and that's kind of the moment where you know that the show has gotten really self-referential and I mean, like it won tons of awards and it was very much seen as a as a as a, you know, cultural moment. And that's part of the reason why it keeps coming back or has kept coming back. But it also like that. That's why I really feel like that first season is the one to hand people, not just because it's the one that's sort of the least problematic, but it's also the one that's the purest. Like its popularity hasn't gotten to its head yet. Um, I'm very fond of the second season, despite the fact that it, uh, and by which I may actually mean seasons two and three, since for me, it was all season two. Um, um, the, the, okay. So season, season two and three also had the, because it was a guest star central, that was the one that introduced me to a lot of British actors who I didn't know. Um, like, I think that was the first thing I ever saw Joe Brandon. Um, it was the first thing I ever saw Lulu in and she like plays herself. Miranda Richardson. Oh, Lulu's in it several times. I think she also, yes. her and Patsy also um, have like I'm trying some to remember kind of antagonistic like, relationship. Is, I mean, th- there's so many that I just that that like oh Marianne Faithful um she plays God in um in the two in the two hour finale um the last shout Tom Hollander isn't it like there's just so many like you know people who I take for granted now that I, I I've seen them for years and years that this show kind of introduced me to um and and who I still sort of think of as people I met through AbFab. <laughs> I, that is also probably true for me, even though I never, I don't know that I would have, like I said, this was, this was my first British show. So I don't know that I would have mentally put together that I saw some of these people on AbFab, especially because I have almost no memory of any men ever being on the show at all. Justin's the one that sort of like stays with me. The Christopher Malcolm character. Uh, Is, is that Marshall's husband? yeah marshall is the ex marshall's eddie's ex-husband marshall's savvy's dad who turns yeah. out to be gay and there are a and lot that's of christopher and that's christopher ryan who plays marshall. and there's a there's a lot of of unfortunate but very funny jokes made about about marshall and and him turning out to be gay but um i just i also just remember so clearly that this was this was just a show that didn't have any men in it it was a show about women yes very it, much it so. was very feminist i mean it was very. When, uh, when it, I, I often struggle a lot with shows that that try to pretend that women aren't as capable of being just as horrible as men are, and like this show was always honest that Eddie and Patsy are terrible people. They very much were anti-heroes yes. in a in a time before before we even really used that phrase um, to refer to you know prestige TV characters. They were very much like anti-hero types that you 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 didn't root for these two. If anyone, you rooted for Safi to get out. <laughs> you sort of did, but you knew that it was kind of it sort of like felt a little weirdly transgressive to be sort of in their corner because like. They're such just messes as people. 
Um, I also really feel like the show has, as as most of you who either read the site or listen to this know, I'm not a huge comedy person, mm. um, which I don't know how much that has to do with the fact that this is the first British comedy I ever saw. Because I feel like, I think Abfab is honestly, like, I, I have cried from laughing at, at Abfab before. And I feel like Abfab is a very specific kind of humor that is not often replicated in a lot of British comedy. Um, There's nothing like Abfab uh, there on really isn't. TV now. And ha- and honestly, there hasn't been since it went off the air, which is another reason why it kept coming back, because there really isn't anything else like it. You know, like uh, uh, I was talking about, you know, how it's really sort of, you know, I always knew that Adina and Patsy were people that I was not supposed to root for. I always rooted for Safi. I always rooted for Bubble, even though Bubble is supposed to be the dumbest girl around. Like, I always wanted her to, like, you know, go out there and kick butt Um because there's something pure about her and her innocence and her and 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 in 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 her blindness you know and there was always something to me very pure about Safi in her sort of like rebellion you know how, you know what is it, what is the way to rebel against the hippie by being conservative what is the way to rebel against the child mother by being an adult a teenager um you know that's it, it, so i always really rooted for them in a way that i didn't root for adina and patsy and i always sort of knew that i wasn't supposed to but i didn't care um i also this was one of those shows that made jokes about abortion in ways that i had never seen on television mm. And it actually, honestly, it does a lot. It does that a lot with uh, sort of hot button topics, I think. Yeah. And it's very, it's very, it's both incredibly smart and incredibly like, I don't, I don't know that any other program would have the guts to do that. Certainly not today. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's the. uh, I think it's, I think it's the fifth and final season where Safi gets pregnant. Maybe it's the fourth season. It's one of those two later seasons where Safi gets pregnant. Um, and 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 a part of like a running thing through the first few seasons of the show is like Eddie repeatedly telling or, or rather Patsy repeatedly telling Safi that she wishes Eddie had aborted her. It's just it's horrible. And and basically the moment Safi announced she's pregnant, Patsy says, abort, abort. And it's just it's it's. Yeah, it, it it was shocking and funny at the same time because it, you knew it was coming and yet it was, and and they also do that with 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 again with the weight issues like people just constantly telling Safi that she needs to tell people she's pregnant otherwise they will think she is fat. Well, and 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 a real like motivator of Adina is that she thinks she's overweight and yes. and she honestly is just like a normal sized person. But, like, that is a thing that is just a major driver of her insecurities is that she thinks she's fat. And honestly, as someone who grew up in disordered eating universe, um, um, it's one of those things that gets passed down from woman to woman in my family. Um, Seeing Adina, who was definitely not fat, freak out about the fact that she was fat was really very formulative for me and helped me in a way and that's also why like even though i say i know it's problematic now and people would sort of look at it and be like seriously there's an episode called fat um i feel like that first season holds up because re-watching it i remember how much seeing that as a teenager and being able to actually look at myself and laugh because i was being an adina 
really helped in a really strange, weird sort of mental way. Oh, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't really have like an eagle story other than like I think Patsy <laughs> made me smoke a lot. That's all I got. Oh. <laughs> I tell you, like, I, you know, I, I don't get me wrong. I love my husband, but he's also older than me and will probably pass away first. And I assume I will become a patsy when he's gone because I can't figure out that I'll do anything else with myself. <laughs> See, this conversation has suddenly become very affabby. Part of the thing that I think works so well about the show is that it's actually really dark, but it's funny. And it's just it's just like a, a weirdly unique alchemy of things that like if you listed them out on paper should not work at all oh yeah and yet they do i mean honestly like adina is a terrible mother i mean so bad i mean there is a reason that you there is a reason i cheered for Safi. Like, there's like a like this it's child abuse in some in some <laughs> instances <laughs> very much so i mean isn't there the episode no there's an episode where Safi locks them out um but there's also i think isn't there an episode where they lock Safi out and she's like hysterical probably i mean there's literally like what is going to beat the episode where they go to morocco and they try to sell her into, <laughs> and they actually they don't try they do sell her into white slavery so there's <sighs> that and then they rescue her somehow but or they accidentally find her when they're lost out in the desert i think that's actually what it is but yeah I mean, yeah, like I said, none of these people are aspirational. No, um, you know, and if I were to tell people, like, you know, if you are going to watch beyond the first season and you sort of brave yourself, you can really see how season three was really meant to be the ending. Um, because that's the one where Patsy decides she's going to go to New York. I mean, the last the last shout is actually the last shout is actually a really solid conclusion, I think, and I do think, um. What's the like banking term? I do think there's like uh, diminishing returns yes. every every time it comes back after the lash out. I would absolutely agree with that. And that's part of the reason why I sort of also believe that it will never really come back because the movie managed, um, but the movie really managed on the strength of Joanna Lumley and her and uh, the physical comedy of Abfab. Like, you know, we're talking about the jokes that are, you know, some that are like, you know, talking jokes, but like there is a real physical comedy to Adina and to Patsy um, of the two of them always being drunk of them being klutzy of them struggling into clothes that are too small for them uh, of, 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 of Patsy constantly smoking. Um, just the two of them are so like, there are entire sequences that are literally just physical women doing physical comedy in a way that you just don't see on television um that don't even have dialogue they're they're charlie chaplin-esque and they're great um and, and it's true and it doesn't um like a lot like some of it is really like look at these women like harming themselves kind of but mm -hmm. a lot of it is a lot of it isn't like it's it, it, a lot of it is very about some of the things we talked about before, like like Eddie's outfits and her being hungover and trying to trying to like get dressed in the in like in like silver spandex tights. And it's it's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah, um, there. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure the scene where Joanna Lumley, where Patsy uh, injects herself with Botox, is the one in the movie. 
I think that's from the movie. That's another one that just, again, it's just physical comedy that barely has any dialogue and is just one of the funniest things I have ever seen. Um, but, there, you know, the thing is, is there are also, there are, I wouldn't say problems, but they they really lean into the fashion industry as the show goes on. You're right. Adina's a PR person at the beginning, but I'm pretty sure that, that, that Patsy always works for a fashion magazine. And at some point, like Adina then works for the magazine. And at some point she works for television, I think. Yeah. Yeah. They're they're in the 90s and early 2000s. There was this weird sort of like idea that people who were really cool and successful, like worked in, I'm making air quotes, like marketing. Mm. And, and I think that, Patsy, for sure, was definitely, like, a public relations person. And I know Eddie was also in marketing somehow. But Eddie always also had these really weird sort of, like, schemes that were gonna, like, really take off and be a huge thing. I always think of pop specs when (laughs) when I think of this, which are these, like, stupid different sort of shaped snap-in sunglass, like, lens things, which is totally ridiculous. But, like, that that was sort of... They were always constantly trying to like this this thing was gonna hit and it was something incredibly dumb. And they, they would always have these fashion celebrities around, which is the thing that I'm actually thinking of. Like Naomi Campbell was a guest star at one point. Um, I think Kate Moss was a guest star. And I always felt that those were actually the least successful things. Like it was one thing to have like, you know, um uh, Helena Bonham Carter come on because she's really funny. Or, you know, like actresses and actors who are really but when they had the cameos out of the actual fashion industry, it was always like they weren't quite they, they knew they were supposed to be there and they knew they were supposed to be allow themselves to be made fun of. And they absolutely were just waiting for it to be over, which in itself is kind of funny, but also terrible. <laughs> I'm really thinking of Kate Moss. There is some scene with Kate Moss where she is just absolutely where, where like she literally sucks all of the energy out of the room simply by existing on screen. <laughs> Um, I remember. I know Twiggy was on a couple of times. Yes, she was. I think I'm trying to remember. I think I think this. But I think I'm thinking of the uh, the the 20th anniversary is when she comes in, or maybe it's the movie again. I don't remember. Um, it, well, the uh, you know the, but they do have like they have um like John Paul Gaudier shows up at one point. Um, there there's so many um that are um oh and there's. Is season five where they have Elton John and Bubarella? Um, that's definitely that's definitely one of the later ones. Yeah, that's definitely one of the later ones, but I don't remember if it's four or five. Um, as you can tell, I sort of watched I I watched season one and then I started season two and sort of ran into the problematic stuff and was like, oh yeah, and then I sort of ran out of time because we had to actually record an episode. <laughs> Um, let's see. Elton John is in the episode Smoozin, which ah, oh, that's definitely later. So that's that's the end of season five. Okay, there we go. <laughs> Thank you, Google. That it, that is that the one with Abbey Road Studios. I think what's that's funny. What's funny too is that like this is one of those shows where uh, like technically all of the episodes have have names and. But whatnot. they all sort of but squish together, and like of, you, can't and you don't what... really need. Even though they're in an order, you don't really need to watch them in no. order. Like if you know the show, you'll be able to sort of tell what, like, kind of a making air quotes, like 
era it's from if it's from like the very early seasons or the later seasons like you you'll be able to tell that and that's partly because they are very much of the fashions that they're wearing are very much of the moment and hilariously of the moment and supposed to be hilariously of the moment so the early stuff is very uk 1993 the 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 later ones are very uk early aughts and you know oh it is it's the one where she erases the beatles catalog oh that's it yes <laughs> but like and also um as the show got more popular like uh its production values sort of got better oh yes like when you look at like the very early episodes they they look like they were made in the 90s <laughs> and i say that with love but uh so so i mean other than you could kind of tell what era it hails from it doesn't really matter yeah because there's not like there's not like a story you really have to follow yeah, like, and, and each scene that I, like, you know, I keep coming, I keep remembering scenes, and I don't remember what order they were in, I don't remember which season they were from, but they stuck with, and the, the, the things just sort of stuck with you, and it didn't matter whether or not, like, it doesn't matter if the scene where Patsy burns down the kitchen is in season one or season three, um, it doesn't matter, the, the, uh, the, the two people who are obsessed with minimalism um, there's a whole oh. thing about minimalism, which was very big in the UK in the mid '90s, and um, and and the show really has a ball making fun of it, um, because you know it's it's so different from the 1970s and 80s where Adina and Patsy are desperately stuck. Um, you know these these are things that that it doesn't matter what order you see them in because the scenes themselves are so funny. That the story that sort of gets you there is less important. Um, you know, like, as I said, the only things I really remember that, that sort of feel like they are things that are in order are the very, er- the very early, like, first episodes. And then towards the end of season three, where uh, Patsy says she's going to go take the job in New York and Adina joins a New Age commune. And then that all leads to Safi's almost marriage in The Last Shout. It's been so long since I've seen it. It, it, it's Tom Hollander who she's who she who she almost marries in 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 the last shout. Um, a thing that I had very much forgotten and basically died when I sort of like was rolling through like the later episodes and sort of skipping around trying to remember all the stuff and sort of like you know, you know, bang my brain with stuff. And it was like, oh, <laughs> oh, this show. I tr- like I don't I don't know I feel like even even if I have to keep acknowledging the parts of it that are bad or problematic or not something that could be made today like I will forever be grateful to the show for like just existing I mean it gave like the show gave me like so much it gave me so many friends and just weird cultural references that like six people get and a love of British television that has turned into the show so. You know, it's funny because, um, you know, I grew up in a house where we didn't have a television for many years. And then we got a television. The only thing I was really allowed to watch was PBS. Um, and so oh I gosh, be- imagine the show being on PBS. <laughs> right. Um, I was allowed to watch MTV for exactly 30 minutes a day because they used to have Monty Python and my dad would watch it with me. And Nickelodeon had Danger Mouse and I was allowed to watch that. But oh, other than those I things, I was- Danger Mouse was also formative for me, which I guess <laughs> technically Danger Mouse is British. Yes. Um, so the, 
those were the things that I was basically allowed to watch. So I was very much a child of British television. But there was something about, you know, the channels that my friends were all watching, like Comedy Central, like, you know. Comedy like- Central. I don't know if people remember this, but when Comedy Central, like, first launched, it was, like, very subversive and very, mm-hmm. like underground almost i mean i know it's a cable channel so how underground can you truly be but you know what i mean like it was very like uh especially for teenagers watching it felt like you were doing something wrong and all my friends watched comedy central and i wasn't allowed and so to suddenly have a british show turn up on that channel and have my friends who didn't actually ever watch any of the same things i ever watched because i was a weirdo um watching the same thing I was and having it be a thing that they referenced to it, it, it was like oh see no I would it, it was almost like if hipsters existed in the 1990s which I'm telling you they did not um I would have been like I've been watching British television before it was cool <laughs> I know right it does it does have that little bit of 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 I watched this when you had to like bootleg it off of VHS tape vibe um <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh i don't know i like i don't know it's one of those things that that just like is both timeless and particularly of a moment and it's mm-hmm. really like it's just such a strange it's a strange thing that i can't really think of a lot of other examples that are that are like it because i would definitely 100 percent. you should watch abfab i will say that uh, you should maybe just read up a little on FF before you watch FF. I, I think, honestly, like, I know you dislike Monty Python. Yep. And I know that there is a level where Monty Python is, to me, not a thing that I can emotionally, like, disinvest myself to, like, look at dispassionately. Yeah, um, yeah. But I feel That's kind of like- how I feel about AbFab as well. I feel like for a very long time that Monty Python held that same spot. Um, I'm not sure if it does anymore. I think I finally did leave it behind somewhere in my in my early 30s. But I, I don't know. I just feel like after after you get a musical made out of your content, like <laughs> how edgy are you really? Right. Like, but there was a ve- there was something that for a very long time it was timeless and yet very much of its time and place. And I think that that's part of why Abfab to me hit so hard because finally there was a female version though you know being a teenager i would never have been able to articulate that oh 100 percent. although looking because like like i i started to say before looking back at it now like with you know years of of distance and sort of watching other media and consuming other media critically like i can i can see why little you know like high school b really gravitated to this show of transgressive women and and transgressive women who were not granted they had like you know they had foibles and they had pitfalls and they had dumb things happen to them all the time but they were not punished and they were not judged well judged a little bit but not like in the world of the show they were still successful they were still you know their their relationships were still strong like they weren't they weren't they were occasionally the butt of the joke but the show wasn't about laughing at them no, and you know, even when Safi was the butt of jokes, like there's always there were always moments when Adina actually does come to her rescue, like when she's when she's sleeping with her teacher, um, or, or you see that their relationship bond is genuine and real outside of all the outside of the way that they constantly like 
you know, spar at each other, which I think is really honest for, you know, women, female relationships in that way. Um, I'm towards the end of season three, uh, Safi goes to uni and Adina just does not know what to do with herself. Like the idiot. And it's actually one of the most it's a really like, again, as I said, there's a pathos to the to the to, to it. That 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 you really feel like you know you really feel that that Adina needed Safi, and and that Safi needs Adina in a way. And they drive and, each other crazy, but they love each other, and I think that's very apparent. Yeah, and which and, again maybe me projecting a little bit onto this show, but <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that that's that's I, I I think that's also it is that you don't see that kind of complicated mother daughter relationship, and because you know as I said we always think of Patsy and Adina we don't think of Adina and Safi, but it really is that that is the heart of the show and is what inspired it. And also you know it's a great uh, uh, throw all the weird stuff aside and all the like problematic stuff. It's a great story about female friendship too, like. Mm-hmm. Eddie and Patsy are soulmates yep. and would like die for each other. Yeah. And, you know, men come and go, but they are, you know, men and boyfriends and husbands and whatnot and, 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 and random dudes who they took home last night and then forgot were there. You know, they come and go. <laughs> Which does happen more than once. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, but like their, their, like their relationship is the, their relationship is the one that matters. Yes. Because they're always going to be there for each other, and even when even when they break up, like the 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 thing where Patsy goes to New York, and then like I I, I think I think Adina manages to come after her, and they I, is it Carnegie Hall that they reunited? I don't remember. It's somewhere. It's somewhere in New York. That's very iconic. Very like landmarky. It's landmarky. Yeah. And and there's a whole there's a like basically there's a whole episode how they have to get each other back because they really can't live without each other. Aw, besties. <laughs> um, I am actually very excited we're recording this episode today because I am going out to dinner with my besties tonight and I'm going to tell them all about it. Yay! Even though they can't listen to the episode yet, but still. <laughs> Me, I'm going to sleep. That's what I'm going to do after I'm done with Well, that's this. okay. I don't know. I feel, I, always, I feel like we should always do like what else you should watch if you like Epfab, but like I truly don't know. No, there really isn't anything else like it. It's so it's so singular. And it's definitely one of those things like just because we're sitting here telling you how great it is and how much you should love it, you will know pretty instantaneously like if this within, works for you or not. If, if this is a kind of show, if this is the kind of show, if this is the kind of humor, if these are the kind of characters that will work for you, like you won't have to sit through a whole season. You'll you'll know pretty much within like 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah. And the thing is is that, you know, also um in in a world where, you know, we have shows that are 13 hours, seasons that are 13 hours long and drop at once. You know, AbFab episodes aren't even 30 minutes. Oh and my gosh, they're six... so blessedly short and tight and just like perfect. Right. And 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 there's only six per season practically. I think I think there might be slightly more towards the end. But yeah, like I, I, I think it's mostly that there's extra episodes is what happens. Um, I think maybe season four and five have eight without with everything included but yeah like those first three seasons really are they're short they're sweet you can you can literally watch them in a couple of hours and and in virtually any order yeah like <laughs> and uh by the way just because i do know we need to say this they are streaming on hulu 
Oh yay! That makes me. I own the box set because, that like I said, if I true if I truly love something, I buy the physical media because I don't trust. I don't trust, and things move around, and I don't. I don't have time for that. Like yeah. if I need to watch, it's probably Morocco. If I need to watch Morocco, I need to watch Morocco. So, pop specs. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I could just sit here and keep quoting AvFab for another, like, 15 minutes, but I won't. Um, and instead, I will say, Annie, tell the people where they can find you on the internet. Uh, you can find me at Annie Bundle on Twitter. You can find me at Miss Annie Bundle on Facebook. Um, you can find me at Annie Bundle. Well, actually, no. On Instagram, you can basically find pictures of my fuzzy cats um, at Annie Bundle. Um, and very, very occasionally pictures of not my fuzzy cats, but usually they're just my fuzzy cats. Um, I am a staff writer at Elite Daily and uh, the associate editor here at Televisions. And I also freelance around the web. And um, I've been ranting about Eurovision lately. So because, you know, Eurovision. Um, sorry, guys. It, it's an obsession. Uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah. If you want to know what I wrote this week, just basically go to my Twitter and follow me there because I retweet all of my violins and it's the fastest way to know what I wrote today. Okay. Thanks. Huzzah. Um, I am Lacey MB on Twitter. That is L-A-C-Y-M-B. And like Annie, I write a lot here at televisions and around the entertainment web. So I don't know. Come be my friend. We can yell about things online together and you can read my bylines when I tweet them out. Uh, if you would just like to follow the site and the pod, we are on social media at Televisions Blog, all one word on Facebook, Tele underscore Visions on Twitter, and our podcast can be found on WETA's YouTube channel at WETA PBS. Um, what else? What else? We are a product of WETA, surprise, surprise. And if you like what we do, you can visit us at televisions.org and click on the donate button up top to help us keep doing it and get access to PBS Passport at the same time, which will be full of goodness, all kinds of goodies this summer when the new summer schedule rolls out. Uh, You can also subscribe to our newsletter there and just read whatever it is that we have been writing about of late. Uh, if you have a suggestion for a future classics revisited, we would love to hear it. Otherwise, I'm just going to keep making us watch period dramas because, like, truly, it's the only chance I get. You can email us at televisions at weta.org. Uh, I think that's my spiel for this week. Somehow, this closing blap seems to get longer and longer every time we sit down to do this. But uh, thank you to those who made it this far. Thank you to those who gave up once I started doing all the plugs. And I don't know. <laughs> I'm excited that I got the chance to talk about AvFab today. So if you decide to watch it, like tweet at me and tell me. It'll make my day. Uh, in the meantime, I don't know. It's sort of nicer out than it was last time we recorded. I don't know. It's here in DC. It's like the sort of slight window of not horrible weather we get before it turns into like hellfire swamp. So go outside, get some fresh air, wave to your neighbors, do something nice for someone. It's still eh, all around us in the world. So. Take care of each other, and we'll see you next week.